0: Welcome to Loss for Words, a podcast about grief and loss. I am your host, Aspen Drake, and I am super excited about this episode today. I will be interviewing my friend and coworker Alexis Florian about her mother's recent passing. Um, Something that stands out to me for this situation is that Alexis joined my company a few months ago and my manager was like, hey, I think you'd be interested in getting to know Alexis. She is in a situation that's kind of uncannily similar to your own. And so I got to know Alexis a little better and I found out that she went to school in Hawaii, much like I did. Um, She's the oldest sibling And her mother passed away from breast cancer, and she actually came back home from school to see her mother off like I did. And then she graduated, and now she is home helping her dad with her siblings, much like I've been helping out with my siblings. So we've kind of created a fairly quick bond over that, and so hopefully you get to hear that through this interview. So I guess... Without further ado, we can just get straight to the interview. Thank you guys so much for listening. Okay, sweet. Okay, well then I guess we'll start.
1: Do you okay. want
0: to tell us a little bit about yourself, Alexis? Yeah.
1: Wait, is it recording? Yeah, we're good oh. to go. Okay,
0: cool. Yeah.
1: Um. So I'm Alexis. I met Aspen. I met you through work. Mm-hmm. Um, my grieving story begins... Um. In December of 2014, when my mom discovered a lump in her breast on Christmas Eve, um, mm-hmm. shortly, a- yeah, right? <laughs> shortly after, yeah, right. Shortly after the New Year, they got it biopsied and found out that it was breast cancer. Um, at the time, my mom was 38. I want to say, I think so. Um, And she was young. She was in perfect health. Um, She decided she was going to treat it aggressive, so she did uh, a double mastectomy. She went through um, chemotherapy, and after a few months of all of that, they came back and said she was all good. Um, So I moved back to Hawaii where I was going to school and thought everything was fine, I came home the next year for spring break and she was having some pain in her um, right arm. I want to say it was long story short, they found out that the cancer had come back and it was um, more aggressive. It had metastasized throughout her body um, into vital organs and such. So again, being so young, she decided she was going to treat it aggressively. Um, And this was in the spring of 2016 she told me to keep going back to school to keep getting my Mm -hmm. education. She didn't really want to see, want me to see her sick. So I went back. Um, and then what I'm trying trying to get my timeline, right? (laughs) I think it was around, I came for her birthday, her, um, 39th birthday in August of 2016. And, um, she wasn't doing too well. I surprised her and came home. But she told me to go back again, and I started my senior year at the University of Hawaii. And in um, October, on my sister's birthday, she was transferred back into the hospital um, because she wasn't doing well. And a few days after that, my dad called me and told me I needed to immediately move home because they didn't think she was going to make it. Um, And 10 days later, she passed away in the hospital on October 29th, 2016. Um, I spent every day with her in the hospital while she was sick. The last, I want to say six days or so, she was in like a complete sedated state where she couldn't talk. She couldn't move, but she was in so much pain that she had to, she had to be like that. So yeah, Yeah. it was difficult and it's, it's, um, a process. I think like you've said before, everyone's healing process is completely different and, Mine is nothing like I thought it would be. Yeah, <laughs> like Grieving and everything is nowhere close to where I thought I would be. I'm doing a lot better than I thought. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of my story, losing my mom. And
0: if Experience. anyone knows me or, like, you know, our stories are just so uncannily similar. It's like yeah. <laughs> strong young moms trying to tough it out. And, like, you know, telling their kids, hey, go to school, go follow your dreams, don't worry about me, and it's, it's, it's hard. I feel like it's hard to really feel like you're there for them when they're, like, trying to be the strong one. Would you agree?
1: Yeah. And especially, like, going through this while we were in college, um, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Like, I don't have many memories of my mom while she was sick. Yeah. Um, I know it's very different for my whole family. I have two younger siblings and um, it kind of hurts my heart a little bit to think like they were here and they went through it and they were visually with her every day and saw her sick. And being so young, they're um, 11 and almost 14 now going through that, like that's kind of the image they have. So, like, as their older sister, I feel like it's my duty to stay, stay strong and mm-hmm. bring up all the good memories of mom and talk about all the all the positive stuff. And just being so far away was hard. <laughs> yeah,
0: no, it's hard. Yeah. And like birth order, like everything. Same.
1: Yeah. <laughs> same
0: here. Um, do you want to talk about the fundraising thing that you guys do every year? I think that's pretty cool. Yeah.
1: So that was actually started by my mom in 2015. Um, She was doing well at that time. Um, We own a deli in Northern California, and um, she put on this event called One for the Cure, and it is with a local charity called I'll Be Aware. Um, And it was just kind of like a party for her Mm -hmm. (laughs) for, like, kicking cancer's butt. Um, She had... We had local vendors and stuff and raffles, and um, she started that in 2015, and um, it was really important to her that she did it every year. So in 2016, she obviously wanted to do it, but with everything that was going on, it takes place in October in Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Um, she was unable to host that with my aunt. Um, so it didn't happen in 2016, but it did happen last year, and asked came, yes. <laughs> have to support. Uh, and just in the 2 years I wasn't able to go to the first one cuz I was at, at school away in college. Um but just seeing pictures and everything come from 2015 to 2017, it has grown so much. Yeah. And um we know that's because of the impact that my mom made on our community, but at the time we didn't know like how much of an impact she made on so many people's lives yeah. and it's so cool. Um having so many local people come out to this event for her, um, and share their stories of memories of her and stuff like that. And we like to collect them and have them to pass down to my younger siblings. So they kind of know the kind of woman she was, um, when they get older. So it's a great event to bring the community together and have fun and honor someone who fought so long and so hard.
0: Yeah. And that's one of my favorite things. I love it when people like family friends or people that were my mom's friends or coworkers and I didn't really know them well. I love when they come to me and they're like, "Oh, your mom, she like it really meant a lot to me when she did this or it made me laugh when she did this." Cuz I don't know. Yeah. It keeps her alive in a way and it like humanizes like my memories of her.
1: Yeah. No, it totally does. I had someone message me on Facebook the other day and say like I know you have no idea who I am, but I was a few grades older than you in high school and I met your mom at a nail salon once and she told me to look out for you. So I kind of like paid attention to you in high school and made sure you didn't get in trouble. But oh my I want to say like that quick encounter that I had with your mom, like four years ago, five years ago was one of the most memorable I've had with a stranger. It's just like the stuff like that. Mm-hmm. you're like, my mom. That's so sure?
0: sweet. Yeah. Like guardian angel status. Yeah, I have this thing like I'll do that too. I'll have something where I'll be like, oh, I had an experience with this person or this memory of this person, and like I should share it with them. And sometimes I'm like, oh, would that be weird? I don't know, but I don't know. It's usually not weird. You should yeah share share away. Yeah. Um, but I guess today we're going to be talking about things that you should share and things that maybe <laughs> should not be shared. Our topic when me and Alexis were kind of talking about doing this episode. We decided that we wanted to kind of talk about how to talk to someone who is grieving. Um, It's not like we're like aliens or something, but I think there, like me thinking back to before, like I lost my mom, there definitely is kind of like an awkwardness to approaching someone who's like been through a trauma or a tragedy because it's like you don't really know what to say or, you know, and... So were you just, and I'm sure there's lots of people listening who feel the same way, so I thought we'd have two people who have experienced these, the good and bad comments, we could kind of commentate on that and share, Yeah, and I guess I'll preface by saying... Like, I realize, I don't, we're not going to be talking about this to make anyone feel bad. Like, if we throw an example, <laughs> and this is something that you've said before, don't go like, oh, no, I'm a terrible person, like, because I'm sure there's things that I've said before that's not good, but <laughs> it's always said in, like, well-meaning. It's it's well-meaning. Yeah, no
1: ill-intentioned with anything they
0: say, for the most part. <laughs> for the most part. There's the exceptions, but yeah. I have a feeling those exception people... Aren't sitting here spending time listening to a grief podcast (laughs) yeah yeah. do you have any specific examples that you thought of before we started
1: yeah I think the biggest one for me I had never really experienced loss until um my mom and I've had friends who obviously have and I've been in the situation where I don't know what to say to them Mm -hmm. um I think like personally I'm a pretty emotional person and kind of can tune into how people are feeling and figure out what the best things to say are. But sometimes you just don't know what to do (laughs) and don't know how to respond. Um, But I know when I was going through my healing process, the worst thing that someone could do or say, obviously they were never ill intentioned and didn't, they just, it's kind of like the first thing that comes out of people's mouths in a lot of different situations um, is when they see grieving as a competition or when they try to compare a situation um, to yours, even though there's no two situations that are the same. Like Aspen, our stories are very, very similar, but your grieving process and the nuances of everything are so different and something that I might wanna hear might be different from what you wanna hear. So I know when after my mom first passed away, someone um, messaged me on Facebook, again, that happens a lot apparently, Mm And um, said, "I know how you feel. I lost my grandma when I was 12. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not trying to lessen the the blow that that could have on someone because I'm sure losing your grandmother is probably incredibly painful. I haven't had to experience something like that yet, but um, that's not necessarily. You don't. When someone's grieving, you don't want to." Um, take away from the pain that they're going through and kind of shine that light on you. I yeah. guess um, you kind of just want to like validate them. And like, I, my favorite thing people say to me is like, wow, that sucks. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sorry. That is really terrible. I don't, I think that's the best thing someone could say to me when I'm personally going through a hard day. Um, but yeah, when people are compare situations or try to make it seem like, like, obviously there's worse that could happen, but like.
0: I don't need you telling me that.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think in general, the like, I know how you feel statements are just kind of misplaced in a way because it's like, I know you want to make the person feel like comfortable around you and like want to like be able to share with you. So you say, oh, I know how you feel. So you can make that person feel like you have like a shared experience But at the same time, it, like, kind of silences them in a way because what if they were going to, like, open up to you about something and you kind of shut them down by being like, oh, don't worry, I know how you feel. Like, you don't need to talk about it. And so it's just kind of like, it cuts them off and it's almost minimizing in a way because, yes, some of the comparisons that people draw are a little silly and (laughs) far-fetched. And then there's, like, two ways they could do, like, this. You're right with, like, the making the spotlight about them because someone could be like, oh, yeah, like, you may have lost your mom, but, like, my whole family got crushed by a giant rock. So, like, you know. It's, it's not that bad. Yeah, exactly. And you're like, I don't know if you're trying to make me feel better, but now I just, like, feel sad and I'm self-analyzing, trying yeah. to make sure I'm not, like, offending other people with my yeah. experience, you know. Yeah. So that's pretty funny
1: of like a natural thing that we do in so many situations like um even just in your daily life someone you'll ask how someone is and they're like oh I'm so tired and they're like oh yeah I'm so tired too I had to do this this and this and then you're like okay well maybe I shouldn't be tired today because uh, it's so much more you know just like yeah. I think it, it just takes a level level of consciousness when communicating that we don't really think about anymore we don't really put it into play with a lot of things but when it comes to talking to someone who's grieving, I think the best way to kind of get through that is just validate how they're feeling. Even if you have no idea, don't try to compare, don't try to minimize, just validate it.
0: Yeah. I think, and I think in a lot of senses when we approach someone and have something to say, you know, we want to be like addressing something and like trying to like, you know, impart some sort of wisdom or trying to like fix something And that's just like a flawed concept in and of itself because you're not fixing anything in this situation and like, you shouldn't be expecting yourself to like the fact that like someone is willing to open up to you about their grief and share that with you. Like that's huge in and of itself. So don't feel like you need to have like this wisdom to impart with them. I feel like listening is probably the best thing that you could do for someone grieving like at that time.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I agree. I agree. Yeah. Let's see what else. I know there, someone might just want to succumb to like the uncomfortableness and be like, oh, well, I don't want to like, you know, make them sad or trigger them by bringing it up. So, like, you know, maybe I'll just like avoid the subject. Yeah, Uh, I can pretty much guarantee you the person like is pretty aware of the situation, regardless (laughs) of if you bring it up or not. So I feel like nine times out of 10, it's better to address it than just act like nothing happened, you know?
1: Yeah, when everyone has those people in their lives where they just kind of tiptoe around grief and loss and death because It's like in our culture, it's so taboo. Mm -hmm. Um, People don't talk about death and dying. People don't openly share their experiences because we like to pretend it doesn't happen. But for people who have experienced a really tragic death, like losing your mom, especially as a young woman in your 20s, doesn't matter if you were close with your mom or not. It's a traumatic experience. And I talk about my mom like she's alive still. Like, (laughs) I think. When people kind of just like avoid the subject, it's avoiding their existence uh, no. in a way when I I talk about her like she's alive and like I talked to her yesterday and like nothing is really different, I guess. Um, so I love when people are like, oh, like or when people are talking about their moms or something like that and they don't really like go to you on the conversation because they know you don't have a mom anymore Basically, here and you're like, well, I had an experience that I would like to share with my mom when she was alive. Like just
0: those, those things are always. No, you're, you're super right. (laughs) Cause it is a taboo. It's like, you don't want to like, you know, you don't know how to address death. You don't want to make someone who's experiencing it feel uncomfortable by kind of forcing them in the spotlight. It's kind of like a weird thing to like approach. So I feel like in general, the I feel like the rule that should kind of the guideline I guess that should be there is if you don't like feel close enough with like a person to like really be able to engage them in conversation about their lost loved one, like acknowledge it. Be like I'm really sorry to hear about this. Like let me know if there's anything I can do. But like don't feel like you need to like stick around and like ask a bunch of questions or commentate on stuff because it like it feels it feels fake and like the person will know that it feels fake because they'll be like okay I didn't know you like this before my loved one died and I know you didn't know my loved one that well and you're just kind of here like like blowing up my spot and like I appreciate the attention but I don't know if it's like I don't know the intentions here it's off a little bit
1: Yeah. Yeah. There's always those people who are, you're not close with. And then all of a sudden you go through something tragic and they're like, what do you need? I'm here.
0: (laughs) Exactly. And I appreciate the outreach, but I guess what like is uncomfortable to me is like someone who I knew my mom wasn't close with. I was never close with and they come up to me and they like hug me and they're like oh I'm so sorry like and they like get teary-eyed and they're like so emotionally involved and they're like more emotionally involved than I am and I'm like what are you trying to prove like it just feels weird and it's just kind of like stay in your lane (laughs) and maybe that's just the kind of person I am maybe I'm a little (laughs) cold sometimes but I'm just kind of like no thanks
1: I'm the same way though and I think it's a natural response that a lot of people have to be just overly emotional. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's not necessary. There's no reason for people to go out of their way and um, pretend they're more emotionally involved than they actually are. It's okay to be distant when someone has gone through a loss. Acquaintances don't need to feel the need to come out of nowhere and just smother you with all this attention and, and love. Like most of the time, someone who is, grieving a loss that had just taken place within the first six months to a year. Like I know I only wanted my closest friends and it was nice to hear from other people and to get their condolences. But when you have strangers that are asking you about it and are offering to, I don't know, just random stuff, it's a lot. It's really heavy, And it's, it kind of like weighs down on you. Like, um, I just became hyper aware, I guess yeah. when, when, when strangers would talk to me and offer stuff and just be overly involved, I became hyper aware of the situation and it put me in a more vulnerable state, I guess, mm-hmm. if that makes, that could just be my process. I don't know.
0: <laughs> no, like I definitely agree. I was after my mom had passed, I think this is part of just being the oldest sibling, but like my mom had passed. And so I was kind of the adult of the household. And yeah. so all the visitors would come to me. All the calls would come to me. Everyone would be like, oh, what can I do to help? What can I do to help? And it was hard because I was like, I don't know. I don't even know what, like, I'm doing with my life. Yes. So I- then it has, there's, like, this pressure there because it's like, all these people are reaching out. I don't know what to tell them. um And then there's like almost like I'm afraid of like people like judging me and the decisions I make moving forward with our family. And it's like if I don't tell them we need help with something, or if we do tell them I need we need help with something, like how are the people on the outside like going to respond to that? Like it just it's a weird position. That being said, if you are close to someone who has lost someone and you want to help, I feel like there's a lot of little things you can do to help. Like you're not totally like standing aside. Like I feel like some people make meals. That's great. Some people like give the kids or siblings rides to places. That's great. Some people what else? Like make phone calls for you and help like you get like technical and financial stuff in order. Like that's that's great if you trust someone to have access to that information. Then like that's super helpful. So it's not like leave someone to their grief, but at the same time, there's like there's a line there. It's yeah, and it's it. I the people who
1: kind of help with like the little everyday things are like angels. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that are just kind of like help you get back on track to your everyday life, even though your life is never going to be normal again. Mm-hmm. Those that those that bring dinner, and I know um, after my mom passed away. And I was still living here. um, Having that one thing of not having to make dinner and taking that off my dad's plate made things so much easier. Um, Not having to worry about that one little thing, making sure the kids are fed or offering to take them to school or to their after school activities. Just like those little things that help someone get back on track for every day are like the biggest pieces of help anyone could ever offer. Strangers, close friends, like you'd be surprised about the amount of little things that people could do that are worth way more than big <laughs> <laughs> gestures and that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. So I guess what we're saying is instead of going up to someone with like an Oprah open ended, like, Oh, what can I do to help? Maybe try to <laughs> fill a need by being like, Oh, I want to make dinner. Would you be okay if I brought it by tomorrow? Or, Oh, yeah. like I have free time on this day. Does anyone need a ride anywhere? Like more specific offerings up that someone can like more easily take advantage of because I think when you're kind of in that displaced state you're not sitting there brainstorming about like what you need and ready to like set up a schedule and everything yeah yeah not at all and there's so
1: many websites and stuff that um people can join to help with that that transition until losing or from having someone to losing someone you know um we used meal train it's a website where people could random people could sign up um, without having to talk to us about when they were going to drop it off, dinner, lunch, breakfast, whatever they could pick a day. Um, they would have our address and have a phone number for a contact person. Um, and they would just show up and they could leave it on the front porch or if they were, if we were home, they were welcome to come in for the most part. But, um, there's so many things that if, if you know someone who's going through loss, um, Think about doing that. Think about making a meal train or GoFundMe accounts for medical bills. Um, There's so many things that you can do from afar that really, really do make a difference.
0: Yeah, no, and that's an awesome resource. And I remember when my mom passed away, I logged onto Facebook like the next day and people were doing like a GoFundMe for us. But I remember kind of sitting there and being like, you know, I mean, my mom worked really hard. Uh, she, like, put away a savings for us. I don't think she'd want us, like, taking other people's money. That just doesn't feel like my mom. So I remember we arranged for any donations that people wanted to make because people sincerely do want to like contribute and help and sometimes money is how they do it so what we did was we made a little uh like a donation like a foundation at the school that she used to work for for the special ed students so they could like buy new stuff for the classroom and programs and stuff like that so that that was was pretty cool like a cool way to like funnel people wanting to help into something like useful yeah, and, like, it felt good to have the support of the community, and it went towards something that, like, I know my mom cared about a lot. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's neat. I like that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Oh, and I guess right now we're kind of talking about, like, the first few weeks after passing. Mm-hmm. But what really stood out to me when I was going through the first few months of losing my mom is, like, when the news breaks – Like everyone's going to flock to you. And everyone's going to be calling, texting, what have you. And then after kind of the shock wears off and, you know, the funeral's done, everyone kind of returns to their normal lives. And that's kind of when you start needing people. That's when it gets pretty lonely because the shock's wearing off. You're trying to reestablish your life and get back into routine. And then all of a sudden, like, Everyone else is kind of over it, and no one's really reaching out, and I feel like that's kind of when people need to be there.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think more today than, and it's been a little over a year since my mom passed it passed away. I would love support more today than I did during the initial yeah. first few weeks. You know, just yeah, uh, you're back in your routine and. I don't know. It's just kind of nice to have people who are there who will remind you and not in like a, oh, hey, your mom died kind of way, <laughs> but like a sensitive way. Like, how are you doing? Checking in that kind of stuff. Like, is there anything you need? Like, do you just want to talk about it? <laughs> yeah. I think that's people, people move on with their lives and it's not like someone who's grieving wants you to be stuck with them in their grief, but, um, Just acknowledging that, like, hey, this might have happened two months ago, three years ago, five years ago, but it still happened. And having that support from other people down the road is tremendous.
0: Yeah. So, like, don't ever feel like you're, like, late to the game and you're like, oh, I didn't talk to them when they're so-and-so, like, first passed away. Now it'll be weird if if I reach out. Like, no. Like, it might even mean more that you like are thinking of it later on, you know, just I yeah. think consistency is important.
1: I think so too. And everyone has their tribe and has the people that gather around them. Um, and it's normally the close friends, the ones that are like with you regularly and you talk to you regularly, but even just getting those little check-ins from people you haven't talked to in a while is it's nice to know that like they're thinking about you and they're thinking about your loved one that who, who has passed away and um, keeping their memory alive, like we were saying earlier,
0: even though you're like moving forward, you don't want to like move on in a sense. Cause you want to keep that yeah. person with you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you'll, you'll ever
0: really move on. Yeah. I mean, things get better, but <laughs> it's always going to be there.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It always, it's, it's one of those things that like you take with you forever wherever you are every single day like there's not a day that goes by where i don't think of something and i'm like let me text my mom oh, okay. or like oh i wish i could call my mom right now or this reminds me of my mom she would have loved this mm-hmm. and um i think it's important that people don't see that as a sad thing um cuz it's not it's not a sad thing like yes it sucks like there's no hiding that there's no getting past how much it sucks that someone you love isn't there anymore, but, um, just because they're gone doesn't mean it's always sad necessarily. Uh, I know for me, I try to keep it as positive as I can. And I try to just be thankful for the time that I did have with my mom, because I'm so lucky to have had 20 years with her, like, that's when you when you put it in a number, even though you're so young, like mm-hmm. one year sounds like a long time. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, it doesn't have to be a sad thing all the time. Obviously, it's a, it's sad, but it doesn't you don't have to carry it with you every single day as this horrible bad thing. You
0: yeah, honestly. At, It depends on the day for me, because one day I'll be like, oh, like, this makes me happy because I know, like, my mom would think it was funny or like, and then the next day I'm like, wow, I wish my mom was here so I could, like, tell her about this and this, and I'm really, like, upset by it. So it just, it really
1: depends. Yeah, it's a roller coaster.
0: I feel like it's one of those things... Where we're allowed to say, oh, I'm lucky to have had the time I've had with her. But if someone else were to come up to me and be like, oh, you should just be glad that you had the time you did. I'd be like, excuse me, who do you think you are?
1: Yeah, Um, I like actually wrote that down. The people who are like, at least, Mm -hmm. at least you got 20 years with her. Like your siblings didn't get that much time or like at least you didn't have to see her sick. Your siblings had to like, geez. Yeah. No,
0: it's, so like, aggressive. Okay. it's like, if you don't think I already am having like issues with guilt about other things about my mom passing away, you are wrong. Yeah. So, thanks. But no, thanks for that little <laughs> reminder. Yeah.
1: I think, um, another thing that I wanted to touch on was the people who kind of tell you how you should and shouldn't feel. Um, I remember a few months ago when I was moving back from Hawaii to California, um, someone told me, you're doing so well for having lost your mom. And it didn't really, like, affect me in the moment, but when I thought about it, I didn't really get what they were trying to say. (laughs) Yeah, like, Like, you should be a mess right now. Look at you. Mom, how are you, like – how are you working? How did you graduate? How did you get through any of that? And it's like, first of all, the last thing you want when you're going through a grieving process is for someone to tell you how you should or shouldn't feel. Mm -hmm. Um, And second of all, like life goes on and every day is going to be a little bit
0: harder, but I can't stop. Like, (laughs) Yeah, no, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, I can't let myself stop. Yeah, or else then it's gonna be really bad. No, I totally get that. But then beyond that, people are like, oh, you're doing so well. And it's like, you don't monitor me 24 seven. Like, you don't yeah. know what it's really like. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. You no, know, I'm a very um, private person when it comes to mourning. Like, like I mentioned earlier, like I try to be the strong one for my family because I've seen the toll it's taken on my grandma and my dad and my aunt and just the entirety of my whole family. And I've kind of felt the need to be like the strong one. Mm -hmm. But um, when I'm alone, (laughs) when Mm -hmm. I'm having that private time and just like I journal a lot. So when I'm writing or um, laying in bed by myself and just kind of like thinking like, I'm not doing any better than anyone else. And I'm not doing any worse than anyone else. Like, yeah. I just don't think you can compare.
0: No, honestly, like everything's so individual, which is why it's like important to talk about this. Cause I think that's what makes it so intimidating to like approach people. Yeah. You, like don't really know. Cause it is so yeah. individual.
1: There's we... really no like right or wrong way. I mean, there are some <laughs> worse approaches that we've kind of talked about, but yeah.
0: I think one of the worst ones that is kind of like, I feel like everyone knows this one, but I like the, uh, oh, they're in a better place now. Oh. Um. like, no, I would much prefer they were in this place, yeah. but thanks. Like, I feel like there's a time and a place for that. I feel like if you were like at like a sermon and like there's someone up there preaching or like whatever it is talking about like, whatever afterlife it was that that person believed in. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where it's appropriate. But I don't think you – I don't feel like directly addressing their loved ones and being like, oh, this is is for the best, like, is very appropriate.
1: I completely agree with that. The whole notion of they're in a better place, it's just not true. Like, yes, they might be out of pain, but – the one place that you want them is to be here mm-hmm. and to be present with you. And that, that they're in a better place. Thing drives me crazy.
0: Exactly. And even if you like, believe that they are in a better place, like even if that's something where in your faith or like worldly beliefs that there's some sort of afterlife and they're doing pretty good there, like, I don't know. It's not someone else's job to tell you that, you know, like, yeah, so I think you can't really,
1: that's, it's just kind of like assuming that someone believes in an afterlife or um, has a religion. And even if you know for a fact that they do, it's just kind of not inappropriate
0: a lot of people exactly I feel like religious statements in general it's like unless you know for a fact that this person like is really sincere about like these beliefs and like it really brings them comfort and this is something that they want to hear unless you know that for sure like maybe don't yeah because (laughs) some people I think like I think there are faith crises that happen in grief and like I don't know don't want to scratch that itch and make the person (laughs) even more uncomfortable yeah that being said, I think telling people that you're praying for them is different because it's kind of like, you know, that's you like recognizing the other person in the way that you recognize people. That's fine. Yeah. Just don't, that. don't say like, oh, your person's in heaven now. I just, I just know. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It, it, there's always kind of something special when someone says like, I'm thinking of you or I'm praying for you and your family. Um, it's thoughtful. Yeah. And most of the time, like they actually do. I know whenever I say something like that to someone, I genuinely, even if it's just a moment to just take a moment of silence to think about them, like I do it. And I think it's really special.
0: We've talked about already how like acknowledging the person is important to us. And that's, Mm -hmm. if that's a way that someone like acknowledges someone or like sends good energy, like I'll accept it. I'll take it.
1: Oh, all day, every day. (laughs) Yes. Good vibes
0: only. (laughs) Let's see. What else? I mean, is there any other things you wanted to touch on or topics? There was one I had, actually. Okay. I know earlier we said, like, comparing situations situations isn't good or being like, oh, I know how you feel. Yeah. But I feel like I find a lot of, like, empowerment and, like, comfort through, like, talking with you and people who have like experienced grief recently, or like with yeah. their mother figures, or when they were young, or something. So like, I mean, sharing in experiences like all together isn't a bad thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, that yeah, that's good clarification. I I think when when you lose someone who's special to you, it kind of puts you in this category I guess with other people and you, you just kind of bond over that yeah um, and that's kind of just like the big umbrella of grief and then there's subcategories where it's like okay like you and I bonded really quickly because we both have something so um special such a, it's such a unique type of grief that not a lot of people experience mm-hmm. uh, and me and you comparing to each other is comparing oranges to oranges but like Comparing someone who lost their cat to losing their mom. Yeah. Or just apples. And it's not.
0: <laughs> just a little different. It's a little
1: bit off. Yeah. But.
0: Um, one of them gave birth to you and like supported you. And one of them is a small furry animal.
1: <laughs> yeah. You just have to be careful, I think, with the, the, what you're comparing. Uh, yeah. And I think a lot of people are good at that, but there's also mm-hmm. people who just like freeze up in the moment and don't know what to say and they're like, "Well, my cousin sister's aunt's goldfish died when she was 7, so like I get it." <laughs>
0: yeah. And yeah, exactly. It is always well-intentioned. Ten- it's yeah. just kind of like it's rushed. Yeah. I think like so like we just happened to like find each other at work, which is awesome. You just happened yeah. to get hired, which is great. Thank you, Danielle. And, <laughs> thank you, Danielle, shout out. And then Like I went to a like bereavement group and like Mm -hmm. it was four people in my age group and that was really helpful for me because I was like you know we've all lost different people in different situations or wherever we are in our life but like there's still like this ground level of understanding where I don't need to worry about like like saying something that would make someone else like uncomfortable because they haven't experienced it or something like that
1: yeah. And I think those are awesome. i just groups of of support with people who are your age or who have lost their mothers or um, just whatever category you kind of put yourself into.
0: It's yeah, like, right. And there's connect with people like that, yeah, there's there's online communities like there's options these days,
1: yeah, and it makes
0: me think of actually. Um, You read Tiny Beautiful Things by Cheryl Wright, Cheryl Strayed. <laughs> Such a great book. But one of the letters that she responds to that, like, really got me just kind of in this vein of topics is someone who had a miscarriage wrote to her and was like, this haunts me. Like, this is the biggest grief that's ever happened to me. And, like, no one else gets it, like what's wrong with me? Am I ever going to get better? Why does no one get it? And Cheryl writes back and she's basically like, you are living on a whole different like Island than everyone yep. else is. You're on my baby died Island and everyone else is just like on the mainland. Like obviously no one's going to get where you're coming from. That's why you need to find other people who are on that Island who like get it. Cause they will inherently just understand things that people off the Island just won't get. Yeah, I,
1: I tagged that um, that letter in my book because that resonated with me really well, too. Yes. And, and just the whole thought that, like, we're on a different planet than a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Like what we've experienced is so unlike what a majority of people our age experience. Um, and, and it does take effort. People like we are lucky that just by the grace of whatever powers are above us, we were put into each other's lives. Yes. But most of the time you have to go look. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. You want to be looking for a lot of the time. Like, you don't want to search for such a sad thing, I guess. Yeah.
0: When I first looked for bereavement groups, it felt weird being like, well, time to actively look for people that are sad. Yeah. (laughs) I guess. Yeah. It felt counterintuitive at first.
1: Yeah. It's a weird process. But,
0: yeah. uh, And,
1: I don't know. I, I I'm a firm believer in energy and the energy you put into the world will come back to you. And I try my hardest every day. If someone is going through a loss to, um, be there and understand the kind of grieving that I've gone through and acknowledge that their grieving is going to be completely different. And just, no, just, just reach out to them and just say like, Hey, we might be on two different planets, two different islands from each other and our grieving, but like We connect because of this, and, like, I'm here for you.
0: Yeah, there's, like, a little grief canoe you guys can, like, ride and meet in the middle.
1: (laughs) A grief canoe, yeah. Uh, Yeah.
0: Well, if anyone's listening, I super recommend that book, Changed My Life. Everyone needs to read it. But, I mean, it looks like we're hitting, like, 45 minutes. We're doing a good job. Yes. Is there anything, any thoughts you want to leave us with today or? I guess
1: just for anyone who is going through um, the grieving process or anyone who knows someone who is grieving, just be kind. Um, That's kind of been my motto. You never know what someone's going through and you never know how they're going to handle what they're going through. And the best thing you can do is be kind to others and be kind to yourself Um, be conscious of your emotions and let yourself feel whatever you're feeling because it is validated and it's okay to be angry and it's okay to be sad and it's okay to be happy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Have days where you are in a good mood and yeah, just be kind. That's been, my mom taught me that and I take it with me every day that and choosing your attitude. Yeah. (laughs) Waking up every morning and choosing, to be happy and to be kind is something that I find super important.
0: I love that. Well, thank you for sharing that with us. And thank you for coming on the show. I feel like this is going to be our best episode yet. Thanks for having me. We got it done. Yes, we finally did. Despite the technical difficulties. Yes. (laughs) Is there anything you like want to plug before we go? Like any way, if anyone has questions for you or something and they want to reach out. Um, I know I didn't prepare you for this one. I know, I guess my email would probably be
1: best. It's um alexisflorian96 at gmail.com. Um yeah, I check that every day.
0: Nice. Now they know your first name, your last <laughs> name, and your birth year. So yes, they do, so they can find <laughs> me on everything. That's <laughs> identity stolen. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Well, thank you so much, Alexis. Sure, thank Bye. you. Austin. I will talk to you later. Yeah. matter okay. right. Bye. Bye. Bye.